Welcome to this talk sponsored by the Institute of World Politics. Uh, for those of you who are new here, IWP is a graduate school of national security, intelligence, and international affairs. We offer a doctoral program, seven master's degree programs, including two that are online, and 18 certificates of graduate study. If you are interested in learning more about us, please feel free uh, to visit us at iwp.edu. And to support our work at the Institute of World Politics, please visit iwp.edu backslash donate. Today, we will be hearing from Dr. Norman Bailey, who will discuss the internal conflicts in the MENA region. This lecture is part of a series of the MENA region, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Dr. Norman Bailey is an adjunct professor of economics and national security at IWP and professor of economic statecraft at the Galilee International Management Institute. Dr. Bailey was a senior staff member of the National Security Council during the Reagan administration and of the office of the director of national intelligence during the George W. Bush administration. If you are joining us on Zoom this morning, please feel free to send in any questions you have via the Q&A function at the bottom of the screen. And for those of you joining on Facebook, please feel free to add any questions in the comments section. With that, please welcome Dr. Bailey. Thank you very much, Sean, and uh, welcome to everyone this morning. Um, this is the fourth in a series of talks about the, the MENA region. Middle East, North Africa. And as usual, the topic of this today is internal conflicts in the MENA region. Uh, but as usual, I'm going to give a very brief review of the region for those joining us for the first time. Um, the MENA region uh, includes 18 countries, uh, ranging from the far west, Morocco, which borders on the Atlantic Ocean, uh, and all the way east to Iran, uh, which borders on uh, Afghanistan, which is usually considered part of Central Asia, and Pakistan, usually considered part of South Asia. Uh, there are 18 countries in the MENA region. Uh, and um, as far as ethnic groups are concerned, uh, the majority of uh, the uh, population of these 18 countries is Arab. Uh, however, there are very large numbers of, uh, of ethnic Turks and of ethnic uh, Persians, about 80 million Turks, a little more than that probably, and uh, about uh, 45 million um, Persians, ethnic Persians. Um, the rest are basically Arabs, except for about 7 million Jews in um, Israel. Uh, these are the groups that have their own countries. Uh, there are large ethnic groups that, uh, that uh, have no country of their own. Uh, the uh, Kurds, uh, who exist in uh, Iran, Turkey, Syria, uh, and Iraq, and uh, the Berbers, the original inhabitants of North Africa when the Arabs uh, conquered it and pushed them into the desert regions, uh, the southern uh, regions of uh, the, of North Africa, the, what is usually referred to as the Maghreb. Uh, religiously, uh, the great majority of the people of uh, the MENA region are um, Muslim. Uh, there are about 10 million Christians in, uh, in Egypt, about 7 million Jews in uh, Israel. But when I say that the great majority of the inhabitants are Muslim, we have to keep in mind, because it's extremely significant, uh, that they are divided between the Sunni Muslims and the Shia Muslims. Uh, these are two branches of uh, Islam that are uh, antagonistic towards each other. Each one considers the other uh, to be heretical. Uh, so that uh, when you say that they're the vast majority of the of the population of the of these eighteen countries are are a Muslim, uh, you have to remember that they are divided into two very major um, uh, sects of, uh, of uh, Islam. Uh, then there are also uh, minor groups such as the Druze who have their own religion and others, uh, the, the Jews in, um, in Israel, of course, and the Christians, as I mentioned, mostly in uh, Egypt. Secondly, I always uh, talk about, before I go into my um, primary uh, topic, talk about 
and events that have happened since we last met in July. Uh, uh, this, uh, this month, the most significant event that, uh, that happened in the MENA region was the armed conflict uh, earlier this month, uh, two and a half day conflict between uh, the terrorist organization, um, Islam, uh, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, uh, operating out of Gaza and uh, the Israeli Defense Forces. Uh, in uh, two and a half days, uh, Islamic Jihad launched more than a thousand rockets uh, against Israel. Um, the result of the conflict, uh, which uh, ended up in a ceasefire, uh, which was brokered by Egypt, uh, was entirely in favor of the Israeli Defense Forces. First of all, there was a superb intelligence uh, which pinpointed uh, the leadership of the of Islamic Jihad, uh, and then the, the follow-up by uh, the army in uh, uh, eliminating uh, or arresting uh, the leadership. And um, secondly, uh, the, um, the, uh, the defense uh, of uh, the, the defense missile uh, forces of uh, Israel. Um, intercepted almost 100%, to be specific, 97% of the rockets that were aimed correctly at um, uh, inhabited areas of Israel. Uh, they identified those that were going to, uh, to fall in uh, Gaza itself and those that were directed towards uninhabited desert areas of Israel and didn't bother intercepting those. But those that were uh, going to uh, land in inhabited areas of uh, Israel, uh, almost 100% were intercepted by what is called the Iron Dome system. Uh, this is very significant because uh, it means that uh, uh, the missile defense uh, uh, technology is greatly improving, and this has significance for all countries in the world, uh, not just for uh, Israel or the countries in, in the Middle East, uh, but for all countries in the world. And uh, besides that, it will be supplemented in future uh, by a laser defense system, uh, which will, uh, in, in meaning that uh, instead of having to uh, fire one um, anti-missile uh, missile to intercept a, an incoming missile, uh, a laser gun can be fired uh, many times and it will make uh, the country with, that has uh, this kind of defensive system almost invulnerable uh, to um, a rocket or missile attack. And that, of course, is extremely significant. Okay. Some general considerations with reference to the internal conflicts in the MENA region. And these conflicts are centered in uh, the uh, the four uh, failed states and uh, in, uh, the, in uh, North Africa, the Middle East, and the one that is on the borderline of being a failed state. Uh, general considerations with reference to all of these internal conflicts, all of these failed states. Uh, first of all, many but not all of the internal conflicts in the MENA region are ethnically or religiously based. Secondly, Many, but not all, of the internal conflicts in the MENA region are due to Iranian expansionist activities. And finally, all of the internal conflicts in the MENA region have involved and continue to involve external actors, both from other areas of the Middle East as well as from outside the MENA region. Okay, let's start with uh, the Maghreb. Uh, the one failed state in the Maghreb, which of course uh, uh, includes uh, Morocco, Tunisia, Libya, uh, and Algeria, um, is Libya. The Libyan conflict uh, is the closest in the region to a traditional civil war, with specific areas of the country controlled by specific forces on a semi The internal conflict in Libya dates from 2011, 
and lasted until a ceasefire in 2020. The, uh, the government is supported by Saudi Arabia. Uh, the, the internationally recognized government, I should say, is uh, supported by Saudi Arabia, um, the UAE and the US. Um, I'm sorry, this is, uh, I, uh, that's incorrect. I'm on the wrong page. Okay, give me some background on, on Libya. Uh, Libya was part of the Ottoman Empire until conquered by Italy in 1911. Uh, it has been independent since World War II. It was ruled for many years by the dictator Muammar Gaddafi. Gaddafi was overthrown in 2012 uh, with support from the US, which subsequently abandoned the exercise, uh, resulting in a, um, a many years civil war. At present, following the ceasefire of 2020, the Northeastern 40% of the country is controlled by the so-called Libyan National Army, which is led by General Khalifa Haftar, a former Gaddafi general exiled for years in the United States. North, the Northwestern 30% of the country is controlled by the so-called Government of National Accord, which is a government recognized by the international community. The southern 30%, the desert region, is controlled by Berber tribes. Both uh, Al-Qaeda and ISIS are active in the country, and tribal groups in collaboration with them control a coastal strip in the middle of the country. As far as external involvement is concerned, Turkey and Qatar have uh, supported the uh, as well as the international community in general, U.S., Europe, and the United Nations have supported the uh, uh, internationally recognized government in, in the uh, West. The United Arab Emirates, Egypt, and Saudi Arabia have supported the insurgency by General Haftar. Uh, and the situation at present is a, a total stalemate. Um, since uh, the start of 2020, there have been ongoing talks, uh, but nothing has uh, resulted from it, so that Libya remains a failed state with about 70% of the country not controlled by the internationally recognized uh, uh, government of, uh, of Libya. Okay, let's move on then to uh, the failed states in the Middle East area of the MENA region. And we'll start with Yemen. Uh, Yemen, of course, occupies the southwestern corner of the Arabian Peninsula. Some background. The government of Yemen was attacked by Houthi tribes in 2014, which took over the capital and the northern portion of Yemen. These are Shia tribes supported by Iran. And it's very, by Iran, it's significant incidentally that uh, for many years there were two Yemen countries uh, in North Yemen and South Yemen uh, with the, their respective capitals in Sana'a in the north and uh, uh, um, um, in, in, uh, in the south. Uh, the uh, government is uh, supported by Saudi Arabia the UAE and the US. Uh, the Saudis have a naval blockade. The US and the UAE uh, involved, were involved in airstrikes against the Houthi rebels. Uh, and the US had an on-ground involvement during a couple of years, which was unsuccessful and the troops were withdrawn. And the US is no longer in, engaged in airstrikes in, in, uh, in Yemen. Um, the, the southern part of Yemen is, is uh, sometimes referred to as Aden, uh, due to the, um, the major seaport there. Uh, during uh, 19, uh, 2019 to 2022, there were many, several healthy rocket attacks against Saudi Arabia and the UAE. And this uh, really generalized the conflict and made it extremely significant. Uh, the military equipment, the rockets and so on were supplied, of course, by Iran. 
and uh, the the, uh, the Saudis and the UAE have been attacking the Houthis uh, now for years, uh, with only limited success. Uh, in April of this year, 2022, there was a ceasefire followed by a renewal of the ceasefire in August for two months. There have been numerous uh, violations of the ceasefire. And so far, the conversations between the two warring camps have led uh, nowhere. Uh, and um, the likelihood is that uh, sooner or later, maybe after this two-month extension, uh, hostilities will uh, start again. Uh, this, uh, unlike uh, Libya, which is uh, uh, significant only unto itself, really, uh, the uh, the um, say there is uh, these uh, the Yemenite um, uh, failed state situation, the civil war in Yemen is extremely significant from the geopolitical standpoint because it it caught, it it enables Iran to outflank. Uh, the the Sunni countries of the Arabian Peninsula, and um, this uh, and then and diverts their attention from the confrontation with Iran itself and the northern uh, arc of uh, of uh, Iranian influence uh, to the to the southwest, and that of course is is very very significant for both uh, the Iranians and for uh, the. Uh, Sunni countries that uh, are opposed, as well as Israel, to uh, the uh, attempt by Iran to extend its control and influence in the Middle East. All right, Sean, uh, having talked about uh, two of the failed states and uh, internal conflicts, uh, let's see if we have any comments or questions. Yep, no comments or questions so far on either Zoom or Facebook, so I think we are uh, good to keep going. Okay. The next of the internal conflicts we're going to take up um, is the failed state of Lebanon, which of course um, exists between Syria and um, Israel. I'll a little background. Um, Lebanon was part of the Ottoman Empire uh, after the um, Ottomans lost the territories in uh, after World War One. Uh, it was carved out of Syria by the French, uh, who had the mandate in uh, Syria, uh, in order to uh, uh, provide a state uh, that could be controlled by the uh, substantial Christian element uh, in uh, southwestern uh, Syria. Uh, Lebanon has been independent since 1943. Uh, the country is divided ethnically. Uh, and uh, religiously between a Sunni population, a Shia population, a Christian population, and a Druze population. Uh, the, the, the history of Lebanon is, uh, is a tragic one. Uh, there have been numerous coups and, and continuous unrest, uh, followed by a 29-year occupation by Syria between 1976 and 2005. Since uh, the uh, Syrians um, uh, evacuated uh, Lebanon, uh, the country has uh, gone through uh, various coups and and uh, this group trying to form a government, that group trying to form a government. A lot of uh, of uh, not just political but armed conflict uh, between Christian militias, Sunni militias, uh, and Shia militias. Uh, the current situation in Lebanon is that there is a desperate economic crisis, including water and electricity shortages and an inability to form a government, even though there was a, uh, an election uh, and um, actually um, um, uh, there, there was the a, a president was elected by the parliament, but there has been no, no uh, government formed since then. Uh, in 2020, there, uh, 2021, there was a gigantic explosion in the Beirut port area, uh, which uh, uh, is, has 
led to uh, very um, uh, dramatic uh, uh, problems for uh, um, uh, Lebanese imports and exports. Um, and uh, the uh, the and the country is actually controlled by a terrorist group. Uh, this is the group, uh, the Shiite terrorist group, Hezbollah. Um, and uh, Hezbollah is attacked is backed by Iran. It is the um, and is also active besides Lebanon. Also, uh, Hezbollah is active in southern Syria. Um, the Iranians have supplied Hezbollah with thousands of rockets and guided missiles, and um, it, it it is uh, definitely a threat uh, to um, the uh, uh, to Israel. Uh, Israel has invaded Lebanon during uh, this. It's, since it became independent twice. Uh, there is a current standoff between Hezbollah on the one side and Israel on the other side. Um, we see that the Israeli defense capabilities are very great, but um, uh, as, as was demonstrated in the recent conflict between Islamic Jihad and uh, uh, in Gaza and um, Israel, uh, nevertheless, uh, Hezbollah has many more Rockets than uh, than the Islamic Jihad or even Hamas, uh, the uh, the governing governing um, uh, the terrorist group in in Gaza, uh, and uh, it would uh, be a a very serious problem for Israel if uh, if Hezbollah was to um, uh, attack Israel, uh, firing off thousands of rockets uh, a day. Uh, the current situation is one of a stalemate. Um, and as far as the uh, civil government is concerned, uh, the Lebanese army uh, is uh, outgunned and out, outnumbered by Hezbollah, uh, despite the fact that it continues to get support from Western Europe, from Europe and uh, United States. Uh, but uh, it, it really uh, cannot challenge uh, Hezbollah. Uh, now, in the recent elections, uh, Hezbollah actually lost support, and this, of course, is one of the reasons that uh, there it has been impossible uh, to form a government uh, because uh, Hezbollah simply will not uh, permit uh, anti-Hezbollah or non-Hezbollah uh, parties to form a government. Uh, Lebanon is the westernmost section of the Iranian arc of control and influence, uh, which spreads through Iraq and Syria to Lebanon. Uh, and this is extremely significant. Uh, all of the, um, of the failed states and uh, the one which is on the verge of a failed state uh, are um, uh, uh, targets of Iranian influence and control. And it can be said that three of the, of the four are um, are entirely under the under the control of Iran. Uh, the Lebanese do nothing that the Iran, Iranians don't want them to do. The Yemenese, Le Yemenites are the same, and the same is true of Syria, which we're going to discuss next. Okay, Syria. Background here, part of the Ottoman Empire until uh, the end of World War I. Uh, it was a French mandate. Uh, and became independent following World War II. It was joined with Egypt for a while in what was called the United Arab Republic, and uh, that collapsed uh, and uh, fell apart. Uh, and it occupied Lebanon, as we saw, for almost three decades, finally um, abandoning the country in uh, 2005. Syria has been a father-son dictatorship since 1970. This is one of the longest-running dictatorships in anywhere in the world. Um, following the, uh, uh, the uh, so-called Arab Spring in, in 2011, uh, there was a good deal of civil unrest against the uh, current president, uh, Bashar al-Assad, uh, and it was followed by civil war. So it was a civil war of all against all. Uh, the, the terrorist organizations of Al-Qaeda, ISIS, and Hezbollah are all active in Syria. 
and control parts of the country. Uh, the uh, ISIS at one time, of course, uh, created its caliphate, uh, which was uh, included parts of, of, of Syria. Uh, that was overthrown, but ISIS is still active. Uh, the Sunni tribes in, in Syria, which is majority Shiite, the Sunni tribes in Syria uh, have their own militias, uh, the government forces, of course, and uh, there is a very large Kurdish population in eastern Syria, and they have their military forces. So this civil war uh, has been going on now since uh, 2012 and shows no signs of uh, coming to an end. Uh, there have been between 600 and 700,000 deaths, military and civilian, as a result of this civil war, and millions have been displaced both internally and externally. Uh, millions have gone to Turkey, they've gone to Greece, they've gone to other parts of, uh, of uh, Europe, um, and so on. As far as external involvement is concerned, um, Syria is a playground of the, of the powers. Turkey occupies territories in the north. Uh, it is concerned about the Kurdish threat in the, in the east and uh, cooperation between uh, the Kurds of Syria and Iraq with the Kurds of Eastern Turkey, uh, who are hostile to the Turkish government uh, and uh, constantly uh, get, is involved in, in, uh, in um, occupying and, and invading various parts of, of Syria. Uh, Russia uh, supports uh, the, the central government and uh, really prevented the central government from being overthrown three years ago. Uh, and in return for which uh, the, the government in Damascus uh, provided uh, a naval and an air base on the coast of Syria to Russia, thereby providing Russia with something it has wanted for centuries, uh, that is a presence in the Eastern Mediterranean, uh, getting out of its, of its cocoon in, um, in uh, uh, Eastern Europe, uh, uh, Asia, and uh, uh, down as far as the, uh, the Black Sea, uh, but never being able to get beyond that. Um, so the Russians are there in force. Um, Iran, of course, has forces within uh, Syria and uh, really controls the Syrian government, um, and Israel, which regularly attacks Iranian installations in Syria by, by air. So does the United States. Uh, recently, uh, the, uh, there was uh, an attack on uh, US uh, facilities in, uh, in Syria and uh, was re replied to by the United States by two uh, air, air attacks against uh, Iranian installations. So the current situation in Syria, the center and south, of the country are controlled by Assad, uh, by the Assad uh, government, and by Hezbollah. The northwest of Syria is controlled by terrorist groups, the Turkish forces, and local militias. And the northeast is largely controlled by the Kurds, who are faced with uh, Turkish incursions um, um, uh, frequently. Uh, so there has there is the the, the uh, civil war in Syria. This war, which I call the war of all all against all, uh, continues without let up in in Syria, and uh, this is uh, a threat to its neighbors, uh, and of course is extremely significant. Uh, for the Iranians. Are there any questions, uh, Sean, uh, or comments at this point? Yes, sir. We have one question that's, uh, I guess, a more of a clarification question on the MENA region. So I'll read that out to you. Uh, so from one of our attendees, MENA terminology belongs to this century and not necessarily that of 200 years or so before. So they're wondering about the terminology. Uh, who decides the borders of MENA? Uh, what is the reference for the 18 countries to be in the MENA region? 
And since those populations were already hundreds of years uh, in the area and don't use the terminology, uh, who used the term, who has been using the terminology uh, first and for what reason? And if there is another uh, term that can be used for the region that may be more appropriate, uh, do you know that? Well, I mean, if if, uh, if you don't have to use the term MENA, it simply means Middle East and North Africa, uh, you can uh, refer to both. Uh, you can also refer to the Near East, which uh, basically are the the, the countries uh, bordering the Mediterranean uh, um, um, from uh, Turkey in the north to uh, uh, Israel in the in the south and um, and Egypt. Um, the uh, the north North Africa, which is referred to as the Maghreb, uh, is uh, as I as I pointed out uh, the four countries uh, going from west to east of uh, Morocco, uh, Tunisia, um, Algeria, and Libya. Uh, the, the 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 majority of Egypt is actually geographically in North Africa. But geopolitically, Egypt interacts with uh, the Middle East, so it's usually considered a Middle Eastern country. Uh, the countries of the of the Arabian Peninsula, uh, Saudi Arabia, of course, primarily, but also um, Yemen, Oman, uh, Qatar, United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, and Kuwait, uh, and uh, the uh, the the uh, central and northern part of the Middle East, which is uh, Israel, Jordan, uh, Lebanon, Syria, Turkey, um, Iraq, and uh, Iran, uh, and uh, these these are the term. This is the terminology that uh, that has developed over the over the decades, and uh, uh, it, it's, it's it's generally recognized uh, by everyone. Any other questions or comments? No, sir, that is it for right now. So we are good to keep moving forward. Okay. The, uh, the country of Iraq, which of course is uh, between south of Turkey and between uh, Syria to the, the Syria and uh, Jordan to the west and uh, on to the east. The country of Iraq is teetering on the edge of being a failed state. It's an extremely significant country in the Middle East because of its geographic position, because of its uh, resources, it's a major supplier of oil, uh, and um, because of its importance to both the Sunni southern arc and the Shia northern arc in the current uh, overall Middle Eastern conflict. Some background, Iraq has been independent since World War II. Before that, it was a, a British mandate. It is split between the Shiite population, which is the majority, uh, the Sunni uh, tribes, mainly in the West, and the Kurdish uh, population in the North. Uh, Saddam Hussein was dictator of Iraq from 1979 to 2003. Uh, the war with the, there was war with Iran between uh, 1980 and 1988. Uh, the invasion of uh, Kuwait and the first Gulf War in 1990 and 1991, which is incidentally the only successful U.S. intervention in the Middle East in, in, in modern times. Uh, and uh, we can talk about that uh, uh, today, uh, later on today, if it, uh, because it, it deserves uh, a lot of attention as to why uh, the U.S. has been so uh, unbelievably unsuccessful uh, in its involvement in the, in the Middle East. Um, general assessment is that the, there was general civil war with the involvement of the U.S. and its allies and Iran since the invasion of um, uh, of um, Iraq in in um, in twenty in two thousand three, uh, Iraq was invaded in two thousand three by the United States following the nine eleven attacks, 
and after the um, invasion and uh, overthrow of the Taliban government in Afghanistan, uh, because incorrect assessment that Iraq uh, had uh, uh, weapons of mass destruction or was working on uh, a nuclear arsenal. This was wrong. Uh, I was incorrect. Ever since he was uh, thoroughly uh, uh, neutralized, uh, Saddam had actually been quite a good boy. Uh, but um, uh, President uh, George W. Bush uh, was uh, determined from the very beginning uh, to overthrow Saddam because Saddam had at one point threatened to assassinate his father. Uh, so uh, the CIA uh, complacently uh, uh, announced that uh, there were weapons of mass destruction and in Iraq and it was trying to develop a nuclear capacity, even though the uh, Israeli Air Force had, had uh, destroyed uh, the, their one attempt to do so, uh, as well as, as a, a similar Syrian attempt to do so. Uh, and uh, the U.S. invaded along with some, some other countries and uh, overthrew uh, Saddam, eventually found him and killed him. Uh, and um, it, 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 it has been involved ever since. It's been spending uh, tens of billions of dollars and, and uh, hundreds of thousands of lives uh, basically not for, for very little. Uh, and the general civil war has continued. Uh, there, the, the developments uh, have included a, a, Tur a Kurdish autonomous area in the north, uh, which is a significant development, which is under uh, constant attack by Turkish and Iranian uh, forces because the, both Turkey and Iran have large Kurdish populations, and they're they're very afraid uh, that uh, the the Kurds, uh, their Kurds, are going to try to join uh, the Kurds of um, of Iraq, and uh, the um, uh, de facto uh, autonomous Kurds of eastern uh, Syria uh, to form a, a large Kurdish country. Uh, so they're not at all interested in. Uh, and the Kurdish autonomous region of northern Iraq uh, being a success, and they uh, they are constantly uh, harassing that uh, that uh, government in that area. Um, there were elections last year in Iraq, uh, but uh, they have not been able to form a government after the elections. Uh, there is a, a Shia leader who is anti-Iran. Uh, uh, named Muqtad al-Sadr, and his very large Shia movement uh, won the elections, uh, that is, they have a plurality, but they they refused to form a government. Uh, this is something that is, uh, is really puzzling, and uh, uh, it's hard to explain, uh, but the fact is that uh, the uh, the only um, uh, forces within the parliament who could form a government won't do so, uh, and you have also the the pro-Iranian Shiite militias, uh, the government forces, uh, which are uh, both Shia and Sunni, and the Kurdish forces in the north. Um, Iran and the U.S., Saudi Arabia, the United Arab Emirates, and Turkey are all very much involved uh, in uh, Iraq. Iran, of course is interested in uh, increasing its influence in Iraq, which is already substantial, uh, in order to, to complete the uh, northern Shia uh, arc of control and, and influence uh, through Iraq, Syria, and uh, into Lebanon, and then Yemen outflanking the, the Sunni uh, southern arc uh, of, uh, of uh, the Middle East. Uh, the U.S., which has uh, run hot and cold, but has been uh, involved in Iraq ever since uh, the invasion in 2003. Uh, the Saudis, who uh, uh, who um, support the anti-Iranian forces, uh, particularly the the Sunni tribes of uh, western Iraq, and uh, the UAE, which also um, uh, supports uh, the Sunni tribes. And 
Uh, and finally, Turkey, of course, as we mentioned, which is very active in the north um, and is uh, engaged in uh, harassing uh, the Kurdish uh, uh, autonomous area. Now, there are in the, in the Middle East uh, two other cases. These are not failed states, nor are they in open civil war. Nevertheless, they have very serious internal problems, uh, internal divisions, I should say. One of these is Iran. It is not widely recognized that only about half, slightly over half, of the population of Iran is ethnically Persian. The rest of the Iranian population is Azeri, which is a Turkish group, which has its own country uh, in what used to be the Soviet Union, Azerbaijan, uh, a Kurdish, a large Kurdish population, a substantial Arab population on the shore of the Red of the uh, Gulf of uh, the Persian Gulf, uh, and in particularly in an area of, of large uh, oil um, production in in Iran, and the Baluchis, uh, who are uh, also a uh, Turkic people, in the um, southeastern corner of uh, Iran. Uh, who spread out over uh, into Pakistan. Uh, now, the, the Kurds, the Arabs, and the uh, Baluchis, not so much the Azeris, but the Kurds, the Arabs, and the Baluchis have been in, uh, in open dissonance with the Iranian government ever since uh, the uh, Ayatollahs took over in 1979. Uh, and uh, there, there are constant incidents going on all the time, um, which is a, a major problem for the Iranian government. It should also be said that in the ethnically Persian part of the population, there are as a very large segment that uh, it dislikes uh, the uh, the uh, the. Uh, the religious, fanatical religious government of the Ayatollahs tremendously because uh, Persia has a very long uh, history of, of, of uh, cultural uh, development and uh, a great art and literature and so on and so forth. And um, it is, uh, it is the, this government is considered uh, outrageous by uh, a very large percentage of the, uh, of the Persian uh, people. Uh, so the Ayatollahs are really uh, on a knife's edge uh, pretty much all the time. Uh, in uh, 2016, uh, the, um, the, the government was faced by huge uh, manifestations, counter-government counter, uh, manifestations, uh, demonstrations throughout the country. And if it had gotten any external support, it might very well have uh, gotten the support of the army as opposed to Revolutionary Guard. Uh, and uh, it is quite possible that the uh, government of the Ayatollahs could have been overthrown uh, at that time. But they were abandoned by everybody and uh, uh, the Revolutionary Guard may uh, succeeded in, uh, uh, in putting down the uh, uprising. About two years later, um, the army tried to stage a coup. You have to realize that in Iran, there are two armed forces, uh, the, the regular army, Navy and Air Force, and the Revolutionary Guard with its own Navy and Air Force. Uh, the Revolutionary Guard is larger than the and Revolutionary Guard, Air Force, and Navy are larger than the regular Air Force and Navy. Uh, nevertheless, uh, considering that they would have popular support, the army tried to stage a coup, uh, but it was put down by the Revolutionary Guard and the army was, of course, um, decapitated. I mean, the uh, the top leadership was uh, was uh, eliminated. Uh, in the, but this is something that that uh, is not given sufficient uh, attention by the by the Western countries. Uh, that um, that uh, the Iranian government is is uh, is not solidly in control of the country. 
And uh, there are constantly demonstrations throughout uh, Iran because of the uh, bad economic situation, uh, uh, partially due to bad management, but also uh, to uh, international sanctions against the Iranian regime. And um, uh, this is something that uh, uh, needs to be given uh, full attention. Of course, uh, there is the possibility of uh, the United States bailing out uh, Iran uh, because the Biden administration has, uh, uh, is bound and determined to come to a new so-called deal uh, with the Iranian government. Uh, it, it's, it's entirely impossible to uh, understand the reasoning behind this, uh, but uh, there is a, they are determined to do so. Uh, they may succeed, they may not succeed. If they do succeed, uh, this will uh, provide Iran not only with uh, reduction or elimination of sanctions, but also uh, with uh, large quantities of, of money, just as happened after the, uh, the deal, um, uh, the first deal. Okay, the second uh, situation is that of, uh, of Turkey. There is a very large Kurdish population in Eastern Turkey. Uh, the Kurds are not Turks. Uh, they are of a different ethnic group completely. Uh, they um, have never had their own independent country. Uh, there are millions of them, but uh, uh, estimates uh, vary, but uh, there's between 14 and 20 million Kurds um, around the world. Uh, and they are uh, centered uh, not only in Turkey, but in, uh, as we mentioned before, in uh, eastern Syria, uh, northern Iraq, and western um, Iran. Uh, so uh, this is constantly a problem for the Turkish government, any Turkish government. And the uh, and it 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 is behind a lot of the Turkish activities in the Middle East uh, to try to uh, prevent uh, any kind of uh, a serious uh, Kurdish uprising and so on. This is something also that needs to be kept in mind. Okay, an overall assessment of the situation with reference to internal conflicts. Uh, and uh, civil wars and, and and failed states in um, in the MENA region. Uh, Libya is uh, on its own. It has no greater significance than the Libyan situation itself. Um, it obviously uh, is of concern to the countries that border on it, uh, namely uh, Tunisia, uh, Algeria, and uh, and Egypt. Um, the um, the Tunisians and the, uh, the the Algerians, by and large, have supported the uh, internationally recognized government in the West. G Egypt has supported the um, Haftar um, uh, insurgency uh, in the East, um, and and but it's 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 a localized situation. It has no geopolitical significance beyond uh, the local area. Yemen, Lebanon, Syria, and Iraq are a completely different situation. The geopolitical significance of those four failed states, or in the case of Iraq, close to failed states, um, is, is very great. Uh, first of all, because of the uh, Iranian, Shia, and uh, Saudi Arabian, Sunni, Saudi Arabian, Egypt, um, a Gulf state, uh, uh, coalition in the southern arc, and the uh, the Shia coalition through um, Iran, Iraq, Syria, and Lebanon in the in the northern arc, which is a major confrontation. And at this point, uh, a very important uh, development, of course, which we've already discussed in this series series of talks, is the fact that um, several of the of the Sunni uh, states have uh, recognized uh, uh, Israel and have brought Israel in as a, an ally 
um, in the uh, in the, uh, the the southern arc, the southern anti-Iran, anti-Shia arc, uh, and it's it's extremely important to keep in mind that Israel is by far the most powerful military force in in uh, in the entire region. Uh, despite the fact it's a, a small country with a population of about 9 million. Uh, still, uh, it is the only country in the region, at least so far, uh, that has uh, nuclear weapons. It has a superbly equipped and uh, trained uh, Army, Navy, and Air Force. Uh, and um, it is, uh, in some international listings have, have, have listed it as, as among the top 10 military uh, powers in the world, which is astounding for a country of the uh, size of Israel. So, uh, so the UAE, Bahrain uh, have uh, decided they, they want to come into alliance with, uh, with Israel. Uh, and Israel, of course, welcomes this. And uh, it has become very uh, cordial uh, relationship. Uh, there is a substantial uh, likelihood that uh, at some point uh, Saudi Arabia will will join, and there is a has been on for many many years actually informal uh, cooperation between uh, the Saudis and uh, the uh, Israelis in intelligence and and um, uh, and and um, the defense of uh, cooperation, uh, but. Uh, uh, so far, the, the Saudis have not decided to make this open, but they have opened up their airspace to Israel. Uh, they, they are open to Israeli uh, investment in their new uh, technological city in, in uh, uh, north uh, northwestern uh, Saudi Arabia, very close to the uh, Israeli border. <clears throat> and uh, they are very, very interested in in uh, Israeli uh, 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 technology uh, and, and, and uh, trying to, uh, particularly the, uh, the current uh, actual ruler of Saudi Arabia, who's the crown prince, is very interested in diversifying uh, the Saudi economy into uh, a high-tech area. Uh, the role of other external actors and non-state actors in um, in uh, these uh, failed states and uh, areas of uh, civil war and civil conflict. Uh, we've already mentioned the involvement of ISIS and Al-Qaeda. Um, recently, the leader of Al-Qaeda was killed by an American uh, drone strike. Uh, the, uh, these things are okay, but I mean, the, uh, there are always other people who step into the, into the position. ISIS and Al-Qaeda are, are active throughout, uh, now throughout the Middle East, and not just North Africa, but also in uh, uh, Sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, they, they, they are very active in, in the in, entire Middle East African region, not just North Africa, all of Africa and so on. Um, uh, Russia, of course, uh, has been very active, uh, particularly in establishing an air and naval presence in the Eastern Mediterranean. Um, uh, the, uh, uh, they have a, uh, a, an agreement, an informal agreement with Israel uh, where they won't interfere with uh, Israeli attacks on um, Iranian installations in, uh, in uh, Syria. And, and the Russians and the Turks really uh, saved the Syrian government about two years ago when it was on the verge of uh, total collapse. Uh, the Chinese are uh, active uh, in um, uh, economic and uh, cultural uh, extension of their um, uh, culture and, and influence uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the road initiative and so on moves into the, the Middle East. But it's not just that. The Chinese also have um, a, uh, a a naval base uh, in Djibouti, uh, which is uh, just across uh, uh, from um, uh, Yemen, uh, and uh, they at this point 
have substantial control of the entrance, uh, control of the entrance of the Red Sea uh, from the south. Uh, if they wanted to interrupt things, they certainly could. And uh, for the first time uh, since the Ming Dynasty in the 17th century, uh, the Chinese uh, are all over uh, the uh, the Indian Ocean uh, and uh, uh, into the uh, uh, Gulf of Oman and into uh, the uh, uh, the areas uh, south of uh, the Arabian Peninsula. So China is, is certainly a factor at this point. Uh, so uh, at this point, uh, uh, are there any uh, questions or comments with reference to uh, the uh, topic? Yes, sir. We have quite a few coming in. So I'll just uh, read one off at a time and let you answer, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Uh, the first one. It is estimated that there are 1.3 million refugees in Jordan. Recently, Jordan and Syria have started communicating again since the conflict. Uh, and Jordan fully reopened a border crossing with Syria to boost investment and trade. What message do you think this sends to other countries in the region? Jordan is in a very uh, precarious uh, geographic and geopolitical position. Um, it has it's it it has it signed of course a peace agreement with uh, Israel years ago, but it has been a very cold peace. It has not been the kind of cordial uh, development that is taking place now with, for instance, Bahrain and and Morocco and uh, and um, uh, the United Arab Emirates. Um, nevertheless, uh, in in the last couple of years, uh, Israel has uh, gone out of its way. Uh, to try to uh, to shore up the position uh, of the monarchy in in Jordan uh, against uh, any any kind of uh, uh, insurgent forces that might uh, develop, uh, and uh, so far, uh, and, and this is by providing more water and more natural gas and so on, and and uh, uh, more uh, cooperation in in uh, economic uh, development and whatnot. Uh, so, so far, um, Jordan has been able to maintain its uh, independent position in, uh, in the Middle East uh, under very difficult circumstances, but it's something that needs to be followed very closely because obviously given its very central position um, between Saudi Arabia, uh, Israel, uh, uh, Syria, and Iraq. Uh, it 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 is uh, it is uh, any kind of uh, uh, movement in in Jordan towards a, a a civil war or insurgency or any kind of failed state situation would be extremely uh, serious for all of the surrounding countries. The next question uh, we have is, why is Syria such a desirable country? Since the Roman Republic and the times of Marius and Sulla, this territory has been seen, uh, has been a scene, excuse me, of eternal er, conflicts. Well, it, 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 it's primarily because uh, the Syrian area um, is so, uh, so in, uh, completely divided among uh, sectarian groups. Uh, the, the Shiites, the Sunni, the Druze, the Christians, uh, and, uh, and God knows there are many different Christian groups and, and so forth. Uh, so that the Syrian area, which, uh, which includes Lebanon, um, has, has uh, for, for centuries been a center of, uh, of conflict. And, um, and uh, since the, uh, the collapse of the Ottoman Empire, of course, all of this has emerged. And uh, the, 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 the extremely long um, uh, dictatorship of, uh, of the Assads um, uh, was the only thing that sort of kept the, the country together uh, through the iron fist, so to speak, uh, until uh, uh, the, um, uh, the Assad government uh, was uh, attacked in uh, 2013 and, and um, it's been in a civil war ever since. And as I, as I mentioned, a couple of years ago, was on the verge of collapse. Next question we have is, what dilemmas or opportunities uh, does the U.S. face in Iraq with, uh, with Muqtaba al-Sadir winning? 
Well, the um, this this is a this is a question which requires a a much more serious and 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 extended discussion than we have time for now. Uh, it, 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 the U.S. record in, in the Middle East in the last 20, 25 years is really awful. Uh, and, um, and that runs through Republican administration, Democratic administration. Um, it's um, ever since uh, really um, George W. Bush. Um, and one government after another has, has, uh, has uh, bumbled around in the Middle East and, and been generally unsuccessful uh, in what it's been doing. And, uh, we, but this requires a much deeper um, analysis than we have um, time for now. And fortunately, it's a, certainly an excellent question. Next question we had is uh, from one of our audience members that wants to get your view on how and when uh, Lebanon could get stabilized. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Not a tough um, question at all. <laughs> how uh, would, uh, we would require um, Hezbollah to be defeated somehow? Uh, and uh, since there is no armed force within Lebanon that has anywhere near the capacity to do that. Um, I don't see it happening anytime in the near future. Now, having said that, if uh, the, the Assad government in Syria should, uh, should fall, this will, with, uh, this will be a difficult situation for, for Hezbollah. Uh, and uh, if the Iranians tell Hezbollah to attack Israel, uh, this and, and they and they do so. Um, uh, this also will create the kind of instability uh, that might lead to um, a a situation whereby uh, Lebanon could uh, uh, could uh, um, again become a a viable state. Um, uh, but that would uh, only be after a great deal of. Of um, of destruction in the country, and and I'm not at all optimistic as to the future of Lebanon. Next question is: Crown Prince Hussein of Jordan is currently engaged to the daughter of a wealthy Saudi businessman. What can that mean for the future of Jordan and the region, as the future queen of Jordan will be from Saudi Arabia? Uh, well, we've already discussed uh, Jordan in, in general terms. Um, the, 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 the Saudi situation at this point is extremely interesting. <clears throat> um, the crown prince, what have been Salman or MBS, as he's referred to, uh, is the actual ruler of the country. Uh, his father is still alive, but he's not, he's not really active. Uh, and, um, the crown prince is extremely interested in bringing Saudi Arabia into the modern world. Uh, first of all, by diversifying its economy, uh, by getting into high tech in a major way with this whole new technological city in, in the Northwest of, uh, of Saudi Arabia uh, and uh, limited um, reforms. Uh, now, these, the reforms are, uh, are important when it comes to the position of women in Saudi Arabia. Uh, they've been, they're, they're very important in that respect. Um, in terms of political reforms, not so much. I mean, uh, um, uh, Saudi Arabia is still definitely a, a uh, dictatorship. Um, uh, but um, uh, uh, what happens in Saudi Arabia is, is is as important as what happens in Egypt, in Iran, in Turkey, and in Israel, which are the other truly significant uh, countries of, of the Middle East. We have uh, two more questions, and both are regarding, regarding Saudi Arabia, but I'll ask uh, each one separately. Um, the first one is, is Saudi Arabia on track with the Vision 2030 blueprint, and what are the highlights and roadblocks of that? Yeah, we just discussed that. 
and uh, and and they are on track. And uh, and uh, Mohammed bin Salman is not someone to be uh, to be uh, underestimated. He's he's, uh, he's an iron-willed person, and uh, uh, if uh, President Biden hadn't made such a hash of his trip to Saudi. Uh, we might be farther along in a rapprochement between Saudi Arabia and Israel at this point. Um, but it was a, a disaster, his trip to Saudi Arabia. Uh, would we discuss that last time? Uh, yes, uh, Saudis are very important. What happens there is extremely significant. And uh, they are uh, working hand in glove uh, with uh, with the Emiratis and and. Uh, and the Egyptians, uh, uh, with reference to uh, all kinds of anti-Iranian activities. The last question that we have uh, is, do you think that uh, Saudi Arabia is waiting on Washington to push the Palestinian issue with Israel? No, <laughs> not at all. Um, Saudis are, are mapping their own uh, path towards uh, rapprochement with, uh, with Israel, and they'll do it at their own pace. They decide it's, uh, uh, it's important to do so. And uh, uh, as, as the U U.S. makes one mistake after another over a period of decades in the Middle East, its influence, uh, frankly, uh, uh, declines. Uh, it's, it's much less influential now in the Middle East than it was 20 years ago. Well, seeing there are no more questions, I think we are wrapping up this event. So thank you, Dr. Bailey, for joining us again. Thank uh, you. Thank everybody who attended. Of course, yes. And thank you for everybody again, echoing that sentiment. Thank you for everybody that attended both on the Zoom and on Facebook. And this is the fourth out of the sixth installment of the MENA series. So we do have two more this year. Uh, so please join us for those uh, in the next two months. Uh, if you are interested in learning anything more about IWP, feel free to join or check us out at iwp.edu. And like uh, mentioned earlier, if you'd like to give a gift to IWP or donate, uh, please visit iwp.edu backslash donate. Thank you, everybody. And thank you again, Dr. Bailey. Thank you.